you bring the recorder? Why would I bring a recorder? Tape recorder, Jones. Tape oh, recorder. Right, yeah. It's around here somewhere. What's all this for? Well, I've had the sneaking suspicion that someone is keeping tabs on what we're getting up to here. The rubber band ball? No, our interviews. Oh, right, yeah. Why? Well, I don't know yet, but I'm going to find out. Awesome. Well, what's the plan? Well, based on what I learned at the academy... what we have. Yes. Well, was that if you record a recorder recording itself, it makes a high-pitched noise. Like... Really? Like... like yeah, that? yeah. Anyways, if someone is recording us, it should work, and we'll be able to find out who's spying on us. Right. Stop making that noise. We're not trying to communicate with it. I was it. just reminding myself. Well, we need to be able to hear it, okay? Um, what are you guys doing? Ah, Senior Detective Sergeant Constable Gold. Uh, how are you? We're just conducting an investigation. Yeah, I can see that, but uh, into what? Uh, she well, thinks someone's spying on us. Oh, Really? Oh, why's that? It's just a gut feeling I have. Plus, I received this message. Okay, it says, stop singing. Yeah, I don't get it. I may have purchased Shania Twain's greatest hits yesterday. Oof, that's grim. Right. Well, I suggest you feel like a woman a little bit quieter then. No! Um, okay. Well, Mike, if Shania is that important No, you... no, it's not that I was singing out loud. I wasn't. I would never sing over Shania. Someone was either in there, and they weren't because I was cleaning, or they bugged us. Cleaning? Well, fine, I was building a cubby house, but I know somebody was listening to me. Okay, fine. Alright, well then, where do you think we find this bug? Well, it would have to be up on the roof, like, in under one of the panels. One of us is gonna have to get up there and check it out. Jones? No, no, I'll do it. Are you sure? Well, yeah, I mean, we know how Jones is afraid of heights. It's true. Okay, well, hey, look, let's get this interview done first, just in case something untoward happens to you up there. Right. Well, who do we have? We've got William Waitman. Who's that? Well, it says here he's long and strong and down to get the friction on. What? What? Uh, oh, sorry, that was my, my report. Uh, <clears throat> it says here he's an artist service manager and he worked on the management team for the Aussie band Shepherd, who they sold the pants off their first album. Shepherd played Ellen and Jimmy Fallon and festivals all over the world. Uh, Willie is also an, an accomplished musician himself, having graduated from the Queensland Conservatorium on jazz drums. Great. Get him on the line. How are you, Mr. Waitman? I'm fantastic, gents. Uh, very great to be here. Thanks for having me. It's absolutely our pleasure. Let's get into it. I'm going to hand you over first to Deputy Inspector Luke Gold, who's our sketch artist, and he's going to ask you a couple of questions about what your wallet looks like. Hi, Willie. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, yeah, it's a bit of a dressing down. We're going to get an idea of what we're working with here. So... To begin with, uh, what shape is your wallet? Uh, it's a rectangle. It's a little fat, but quite small. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. That, that works. Fat and small. It's fat and small. That's good good start, it. mate. Streamlined. And um, what, what, are, what, are, what, is it, what is it made out of? Are we working with the leather one here? or 
So it's partly leather. I get a lot of fantastic comments about my wallet. I couldn't tell you what the other half is made out of, but it's made out of that kind of material that deflects credit card scams oh, yeah. on your on your wallet. So this was actually a present from my mother. I get a lot of fantastic comments about how creative it looks. If you can imagine a metal encasing around my credit cards, okay. there's a little button down the bottom that I flick and all my credit cards kind of shoot up in the air for me to no. choose. So it's completely useless, but it looks fantastic. <laughs> that sounds legendary. People must just be like, oh my God, look at that. It's like a Swiss Army knife wallet. Exactly. It and al- a present from my mum. So. It almost sounds like you've got, um, what's the stuff that the old knights used to wear? The, the, like- the chain mail. Chain mail. It almost sounds like you've got <laughs> chain mail around your wallet. <laughs> Uh, I unfortunately don't, oh. but that's an idea and a half. <laughs> I think you guys are just accumulating all of the best wallet ideas that's from around the world. pretty much why we're doing we're, we're only doing this to try and figure out the easiest way to rob people. That's basically <laughs> the other reason. You were sitting here like, oh, damn, he's got one of those anti-credit card <laughs> thieving. <laughs> oh, he's, he's off the list. That's right. We've just got a list of people we can maybe rob. Oh, um, well, that's good. I mean, there's, those are some distinguishing uh, features uh, to begin with. But um, what, what other than, like, obviously that great... I assume it is. What colour is the wallet? It's basically dark grey leather and then bright silver is the metal part in the inside. It's chainmail. It I'm does. telling you, it's chainmail. <laughs> <laughs> A very, very tiny weaved uh, chainmail. I get it. Nice one. Very cool. Well, we've got a pretty good idea of what we're dealing with there then. It's time for Senior Constable Alex Jones to find out some more about what's actually in your wallet. G'day, Mr. Waitman. Uh, just a few questions. So, I guess, firstly, how long... We've learned that it's a present, but how long have you had this wallet for? How long has it been in your possession? I think I've had it for probably four or five years. Recently, I've considered upgrading, but I'm actually a bit of a fan. It's Like I said, it's small, doesn't contain a whole lot, but, yeah, I like it. I like it. Nice, nice. And now we're going to go into your wallet. What what can you pinpoint been in there the longest? Oh, the longest? Yeah. I would have to... Actually, I would have to say I have... A crusty old staff discount card nice. from when I used to work at a bottle shop in Brisbane. And that was probably nine years ago that I got this. Wait, and so the reason, it- I, the reason I still have it is because so, – so just imagine like a, a, a plastic card okay. and, and probably 60% of it has broken off. So it's <laughs> almost like a shard of plastic, but there's just enough of the barcode on the back. So the I can mo- that's what, the million the dollar most question. important question to ask here, <laughs> yeah. and we all know it, is do you I, still get the staff discount? Does it still work, Willie? 5%. And give us a percentage of how often you try to use it when you go back to the bottle Oh, let me, let me tell you, this bottle this certain bottle is owned by one of the major supermarket chains around the country. So, <laughs> so we all right. Uh, petrol stations, yeah. uh, supermarkets. We'll just chuck the word. We'll just chuck the word allegedly behind <laughs> anything you've said, yeah. and, and you're covered, Strate- mate. Don't worry. I've about strategically it. left them unnamed throughout <laughs> the conversation. Over nine you know, years, that's probably tens of dollars you've saved. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, correct, Michael. You're correct. Uh, so, what, what about what else is, have you got in there? Any, any other old remnants of, of history of William Waitman? Oh, you know, I've got your st- I've got your typical. Um, I've got like a Medicare card, a private health card, uh, my driver's license. I feel like they're they're the the staples that you don't really want to change over yeah. very often. Apart from that, I think it's all 
it's all looking relatively new, to tell you the truth. So, do you have any interesting sort of memorable receipts in your wallet? I mean, I've got a bunch of got a bunch of receipts. Half of them are probably really meaningless, like fuel vouchers. Half of them are pretty meaningless. When I was going through my wallet before, there was one that I found that was, you know, that was really cool. It's from Australian Meat Emporium. So the Australian Meat Emporium is a store in Alexandria. So Alexandria is yeah. sort of a sort of an inner city suburb of of Sydney, and the Meat Emporium is is basically a massive meat store where it's 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 a huge walk in freezer so in the entrance you get given a massive kind of fur coat and you walk in and there's just tables and tables of everything fur coat? Ever, like, pork, wait sorry man. i gotta stop you there did you say fur coat <laughs> sorry i was uh i was embellishing it's, it's, it's <laughs> mr whitman your coat it's, like oh plush oh, oh, i'm just too literal man sorry keep going uh, i was painting i was painting a picture and it was you did far too but i got i just got too carried away in it i was like wait a minute so i went to the australian meat emporium this was quite recently because i'm part of a meat club in Ooh. sydney the meat club is something that I started when I – sorry, that I didn't start, but something that I, I joined when I first moved down from Brisbane about three years ago. And what, what the meat club is, it's a bunch of guys in the Australian music industry all based in Sydney. And one of the guys, Damos, you know, decided to start this, this concept called meat club, which is basically you know, once a quarter or, or once every four months – Everyone gets together, cooks a whole bunch of meat, eats said meat, and just I think just talks about you know whatever you need to talk about. Oh. Uh, it's going on in your life at that moment, and it's it's not formal. We always just have it at, at one person's house, and it's great because you know it was it was awesome for me because moving down from another city, even though it was just Brisbane, not very far, got to meet a bunch of people and and form some great friendships. But you know, I think I think it's. It's not just the music industry, but I think a lot of you know professional industries around the world. I think there's just a bit of a tendency for males to you know, keep your head down. You don't really talk about your personal life. Mm. It's not it's not that easy to talk about what's going on at home or what's going on in, in your relationships or even what's frustrating you at work. It's not easy to be vulnerable. Exactly, yeah, particularly with colleagues. So even yeah. though you'll go out for after work drinks or there'll be occasional bonding thing at work, it's not the same as just having a, a genuine catch up with a few people, particularly that work in the same industry as you mm. And, mm. and understand some of the challenges that you're going through. So yeah, uh, Australian Meat Emporium, A, really strongly recommended, but B, fuels the, the meat club. So nice. a lot I was of fun. Say, talking over a T-bone, you beauty. <laughs> well, I was- and this, it was a pork shoulder, and I can't, mm. I can't vouch for whether it was any good. But uh, the, the pork shoulder—I'll tell you right now—the pork shoulder is best done slow cooked. I mean, I know my, I know my pork shoulders. So yeah, you got to slow cook that bad boy. Any recent highlights from your life that that are represented in your wallet? Yeah, there's a few. I reckon the newest highlight is I've got a volunteer card for. The Sydney Blue Sox, which is a, a baseball team based out in Blacktown in nice. Sydney. So very recently started volunteering with those guys, just just helping out around the club on the weekends. Are and they, do they have that, any sort of affiliation? Are they, um, do they have any sort of MLB team that they sort of get behind? No, so they're, um, they're underneath the Australian Baseball League, oh, wow. which, is, which is sort of in, in partnership with um, – Major League Baseball in America, I believe. Right. So, yeah, there's a, I, I think there's about a six or seven team, yeah, sort of division out in Australia that play regularly throughout the, the, um, the, the Australian summer. The so, Brizzy team got up last year, didn't they? It was a yeah, really tight, 
Mm. They're the bandits. That's right, Rizzy Bandits. How good. They're, are you, um, they're, they're playing down here. The bandits are playing down here next weekend, actually. So, oh, so nice. heading out to see a few games. I think it'll be great. So, you're, are you a, uh, a big MLB fan? I'm a massive MLB fan. I don't know why. I never, I never played baseball as a kid. And really recently when, when the Chicago Cubs were playing in the World Series, I saw this fantastic meme on the internet that basically said it was pointing at the person in the office who is incredibly into American sports yeah. and everyone just knows it's because they were horrendous at sport themselves as a kid. <laughs> and that's basically me. <laughs> Hey, mate, you can't, you can't have both music and sport, all right? Yeah, that's unfair. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, but no, I'm a massive fan. I follow the Boston Red Sox in the MLB. Awesome. And it's, it's really convenient in Australia. Most of the games are played at about 10 a.m., 11 a.m. So most days at work, I've either got the radio in one ear or a little little screen on the, on the corner of my computer. So. Hey, we've all been yeah, there. Yeah, I enjoy that's, it. That's I really enjoy it. Well, we're, we're predominantly cricket fans here, Will, but... Uh, we can support our. We get behind the baseball. Yeah, we get yeah, behind we the boys. It's our, basically uh, the same sport. Oh, I, we haven't got the time <laughs> to even start that one, but sure. <laughs> we we can support our sort of deformed cousin. Well, <laughs> so you are you are a pretty uh, successful young man. Is there anything that's that you've got in your wallet? Any sort of souvenirs that you've kept from any of the projects that you've you've been working on? The many projects. I don't actually. You know, it's a, it's a funny thing because I think in music you work across. So many different artists, so many different events. You meet an amazing array of people. Um, It's a fun conversation that a lot of people have um, when they talk about what they collect or or what they accumulate over the the course of a career in the music industry. And I know a a big one for myself and a big one that a lot of people share is, and unfortunately doesn't fit into a wallet, but a a big one that I, I like to collect is lanyards from all the conferences that I go to or the shows that I get to, you know, have a triple A backstage pass for, even just the the shows and tours we put on for our artists. So from time to time I'll have a I'll have like a triple A pass sort of stashed in my wallet from a show. And then when I get home I love to just chuck I've got like a little plastic bag of all of the lanyards that I've collected over the years and so really, again, a million dollar question. Do a little bragging here, Will. There's there's no one listening, so do a little bragging. What's <laughs> what's your what's what's the biggest name drop you've got? What's the biggest concert you've had backseat? Sorry, well, oh, backstage passes. Backstage, not backseat passes. That's a bit more. <laughs> that's a bit too intimate for what we want to know. But backstage passes. Uh, it would have to be one of the the larger tours that our business Chug Entertainment have done. It would probably be something like Robbie Williams oh, wow. nice. or. Oh, I'd have to get him out. That's a that's a yeah, that's a fun one. Well, um, next time we, we've got uh, Leonard inspectors up coming up next season. So, <laughs> whoa, whoa, spoilers! Yeah, spoilers. So we'll, we'll get you on that one. Give me a call. But I've seen I have seen a picture of you with uh, Danny Brown. I thought that was pretty cool. Oh yeah, Danny Brown. So that was at um, uh, Laneway Festival. So Chug Entertainment is a co promoter co promoter in Laneway Festival, and that was at the Sydney Laneway a couple of years ago. It's actually it's a, it's an amazing festival because they curate um, the artist experience brilliantly. So when you go backstage, not only are there a whole bunch of amazing artists hanging around, but they're all really enjoying themselves. Mm. They're all hanging out, having a beer. Um, and, and it was that year that I think it was Sailor Jerry's were putting on, you know, free haircuts backstage and yeah. oh, wow. a, little a, a little bit of a line, and everyone was sitting down. And so I was in the I was in the barber's chair, um, thinking I was the coolest guy in the world, getting a free haircut. And then all of a sudden, Danny Brown and his posse of twelve people walk in, and everyone just 
loses their mind and there were two barbers and he comes and sits down next to me. Oh, my God. It was the most unreal experience of my life. I'm a, I'm a massive fan and he's also he's a, he's a, a larger-than-life personality and he was lovely to everyone that you know I saw him interacting with and, yeah, he was he was kind enough to take a photo with me. So. That's cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was I, really I'm, fun. I'm fanboying from here for you over that one. <laughs> but now, now you've told us now you told us that there's haircuts getting done backstage. you got to let us know. What are some other ridiculous <laughs> antics that go on backstage of a big, big music tour where you've got all these personalities? What What's one of the crazier things other than hairdressers, free hairdressers? You know I, I'm going to be a total buzzkill, oh. but... I think when you when you see behind the scenes of some of those larger acts, yeah. I think a, a huge part of what they're trying to to create backstage is just a sense of normalcy. Because if you yeah, sure. if you imagine the life of an artist that plays you know, two hundred and fifty shows in a, in a calendar year, yeah. their day is something like you know travel for the first first couple of hours of the day, and then they're waiting around for the venue to get set up, so they're killing time in a in a different city. Right. And then they get to the venue, they'll, they'll do their sound check, wait a few more hours until they're actually required, and then they get to play for like 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and a half of the day. So that's, the, that's the, one of the hardest things about touring musicians. It's most of the time you're, you're waiting and it's a, it's, a, it's a killer because it comes down to trying to have a sense of a normal life while you're traveling to a different city every single day um, of the year. And look, some artists, are, some artists are really different and some artists love getting completely loose every day of the year. But, yeah. you know, you, you see behind the scenes that some of those, some of those bigger tours and they're, they're really just trying to put together a, a, you know, a regular day for someone. For a lot of our artists, I think it comes down to being conscious of how you, how you plan out the day, particularly yeah. if it's a long tour. Um, and, a, and a band like Shepherd's probably a really good example of an artist who, you know, had some had some very quick success, and before they knew it, they were they were playing shows in something Absolutely. like fifteen countries in fifteen days. That would have been so overwhelming. So it, that's a challenge as a manager because it's very easy to sit in an air conditioned office in Sydney and say, you know, jump on the phone and say to the band, "Hey guys, there are fifteen flights over the next fifteen days, and you just have to." get it done and I'll see you at the end. It's, it's really, it's really different. I think this is where it's really important for an artist manager to step in and make sure that you're really looking after the, you know, the mental health and the, the, the lifestyle of an artist on a daily basis. So, you know, what the artist wants, what the artist needs and, and just, just how you can create a healthy experience while they're on the road. That's a big part of it. And, and it's a big learning curve from when you're, you're an indie band playing, you know, in the five stuff, yeah, yeah, and because in Australia that's the thing. There's five capital cities, yeah. maybe six capital cities you can play shows in um, Australia. When you're ready to play America, it's you know you can jump in a van and play for 45 days straight in a different city. Yeah, every that, night that of have, the week that so have available venues and stuff. All of a sudden, you almost yeah, you know, a, a young artist doesn't really know where their where their limits are, and I think that's how a lot of a lot of acts unfortunately burn out early. But then again, that's our that's our job. You've got to make sure that you're managing their expectations, keeping things as healthy as you can. So, I think look, you look at a, a massive global tour for any any major act that you can think of, and I, I can guarantee, you know, a big part of their day is trying to make it seem like it's just another day in the life of a, of a same and then go and perform in front of and then go and perform in front of up to 80,000 people for an hour and then try and be normal after that it sounds exactly. it sounds exactly. glamorous it sounds like a glamorous life but uh 
it also sounds a little bit uh, a little tedious. Edge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it does. It does sort of. It's interesting to hear. Um, yeah, like you said, you do get that uh, sort of that wrong wrong idea in your head that a manager of a band is, like you said, someone who just sits in an air conditioned office and says, "All right, guys, we need to perform here, here, and here." But it, it's it's interesting to hear that um, that yeah, like there's there's people that actually work on just trying to maintain a sense of a normal lifestyle for these people that you know millions of people admire and stuff, and they don't really think about the day to day life of these people. Mm. Wonderful. Well, that brings us to the end of our investigation. Thank you, Mr. Willie Waitman. When we started this podcast, we knew you were a band manager and a drummer, but now we know that you are also a lanyard collector. Uh, you're a huge baseball Red Sox fan, and you still use your nine-year-old bottle of staff discount card from time to time. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Privacy, no one's listening. Well, look, it's completely private. <laughs> yeah, yeah, these yeah. Are all, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one, it's one of those uh, non-shared podcasts. Yeah, we just, we're just going to keep to ourselves. <laughs> thank you thank you so much for talking to us today and adding to our files. That should be about all from us. That's, That's it. Yeah. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you, Willie. Been a lot of fun. Thanks for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Will. Bye. One up, one down. That was fun. Okay, now back to business. Luke, get on up there. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Here you go. Watch your step. There you go. You got to push. Stop. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up here, right? Stop messing with the effects. Seven this is serious, six. Alex. Stop it. Lucas, I was being serious. Look. Can you hear a hot cross buns? Not yet. Hey, who do you actually think is watching us? Yeah, probably the Russians. Yeah, good call. Anything yet? Yeah, nah, not so far. I've. Ooh. Now, I still can't find it, but there's a gap up here that leads into the staircase. I'm guessing that's how someone heard you singing, Chief. Well, that probably made more sense than the Russians. Yeah, maybe. Righto, Deputy, come on down. All right, I'm coming down. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Jesus! Are you okay, Chief? <sighs> yes, yes, I'm fine, Jones. Just get off me. G- Gold, are you okay? I'm fine. I'm fine. This is a stupid idea. I mean, why did I go through all of that just to... What's that? Oh, it's... That's... That's the tape recorder. No, it's from a previous... It, it says LG. I hate that brand. Guys, that's not what it looks like. This episode was written and edited by Alex Jones and performed by Michael Vilkins and Luke Gold. Original concept by Alex Jones. If you want to find out more about the Wallet Inspectors, check out their Facebook page at Wallet Inspectors. Because, uh, we've caught you red-handed. The best thing about being a woman is not to find a man to have a little fun. Uh, 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 mm. Whoa, oh, oh, feel the attraction. Putting her head, doing a thing. Whoa, oh, oh. Mm-mm-mm.